Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Today's episode is a pretty exciting one if you couldn't tell by the title. Before we get into it, I feel like I know we joke around a lot and we like to act like we hate each other because we live for the drama. And at this point, all of our listeners are so used to our bickering. But I do want to start off this particular episode by saying I am immensely proud of you. Sometimes I have no idea what to say anymore when it comes to new milestones with you. Like I feel like a broken record, but my heart literally expands and it's just pure joy witnessing you enjoy the fruits of your labor. And as someone who has had the honor of having a front row seat, if you will, not only for the past two and a bit years, but for the past 20, I know how hard you've worked, how much you've sacrificed, and it's just been an absolute privilege being by your side and witnessing all these great fun new things happen and two we actually have done a whole another episode of you know when you first bought your first property our money mindsets growing up so I'll ensure that I leave those episodes linked in the podcast description are you crying yeah I mean there might be a few tears in here I just think it was so rude of you to like suggest that we wear makeup I just put mascara on like a minute ago like if I knew I was gonna cry like if you knew you were gonna say this why ask that of me oh my god I do not know what to say I feel like that's just so immensely kind and sweet and like we have done so much together and like I don't think I would have been able to do it without you like I feel like you missed a big chunk of like how much you've helped me with this journey and like jumping on and doing this podcast with me and like agreeing to give you know a few hours of your week on top of your job every single week for every year for free because we did it for free for so long thank you you shared that you hit the one million milestone which is insane I think it's just so nice that you've you know shared your net worth and your journey and how you track it um, from the very start so our followers can see this is on Instagram mind you our followers can see you know where you were a year ago and where you are now and I think what stood out to me the most about that post the fact that you acknowledge your privileges off the bat I think a lot of people appreciated that do you mind taking us through I guess your thought process and sharing that and what they were for you yeah absolutely I think you know off the bat I am someone that compares myself like very like I'll open up about this I'm someone that compares myself very quickly to the point where it almost puts me off like any venture I've had I've always noticed like I get started I have a lot of fun and then I start going like oh my god like so and so is doing well look at this person they've bought a home they've done this they've started a successful business and I get really demotivated I don't know why it's just like a character flaw that I've always like been aware about like a huge weakness and so I'm just so hyper aware of like how other people's success most of the time motivates me and then like 10% of the time makes me feel kind of crappy about myself and I really compare myself to them and I am someone that loves to read people's biographies, people's stories. Like I love to listen to podcasts where people like break down like how they did it. You know, those shows like, you know, like how I did it as a show in itself or like Female Startup Club. And so hearing those stories has always helped me like understand the context of like how things happened. And it made me realize like it's not just hard work. 
it's not just luck. It's a mixture of both and a mixture of privilege and being at the right place at the right time sometimes. And so I think it's so important to share those privileges because when you're little, you do think, and I definitely used to think like my grades, my like excellences, which is like the New Zealand equivalent of like an A plus is a direct result of my hard work. And I used to think that if I got a bad grade, that was just on me. And if I got a good grade, that was just on me. And I remember once my mum was like, you know, like, congrats, like, good job on, like, these exams, but, like, don't forget that, you know, it's not just you. It's also, like, everything around you. And I got really upset. I was, like, 15 at the time. And I was like, what the heck does that mean? Like, I'm the one putting six-hour days, like, studying after school. I'm the one that's, like, being strict on myself to, like, get work done. But the truth is, isn't just you it takes a village like I was forgetting about the fact that I'm living at home for free I'm not paying board I had friends at 15 that were you know I I didn't have to get a job you could work at 15 back then I I think that's still legal age of working for children but I didn't need to you know and my parents were like no don't get a job we'll pay for school we'll pay for your uniform we'll pay for your equipment but focus on getting grades and so that was the only thing I had to worry about and that brings privilege in itself because my mind is not I have a shift I have to get to work I need to get on the bus I need to like do this and that it's how do I get good grades you know I think as you get older you kind of recognize all the sacrifices and everything that your parents have done for you so it's nice to give them a little ode of appreciation to get nosy right off the bat can you take us through what this one million is made up of? Yeah, absolutely. So I, if I had to break it down, so there's assets and there's liabilities. Assets are the things that, you know, are added to the net worth and then the liabilities are like mortgages, loans that like decrease it. So in assets, I've got 1.6 million and then in liabilities, I've got about half a million. And I'll break them down in assets. There is my home, which actually decreased in value quite significantly with this recent drop that we've had. And it's at 615,000. I've got my retirement fund, which is at a solid 4,000. My shares and my cash and business. My cash and business is probably one of the biggest, like all of my business together, all the cash that is in them, like in the accounts is about 900,000, which as you can see, is one of my biggest sources of the assets. Savings, I've actually only got $5,000 currently because I've been not taking out any money in the the business. It's really been just enough to get by and kind of keeping it in to help all of these businesses grow. I've got the value of my business, value of your business. Sometimes people include that in terms of like the cash as well. This is if I decided today to sell all of my e-commerce brands, Girls and Vest, the Indian Feminist, like everything else, I've got that at 45000 I have kept that the same since I started doing this, so it's probably worth a little bit more than forty-five if I sold them all, but I just feel like it's such an arbitrary number, it doesn't really matter, and I'm never selling them, so there you go. And then my car, which is, I've upgraded my car. And it is a lot more money than my previous car. So it's $26,000 and that was bought in cash. So that is not got a loan on it. And then mortgage, I've got $470,000 on my house. Student loan, I've got $43,000. And so 
Yeah, it's total assets and total debt. Outstanding. How do you feel about that? It just doesn't feel like it's mine. You know, a year ago, I remember my cousin was like, Sim, I think you might become a millionaire before you're 30 a year ago. And I was like, that's such a silly thing to say. Like, ha ha ha. Thanks. That's very sweet of you. Like child. And yeah, I just never, I never thought it would happen. I think what it made me realize is that I don't, it's easy to say once you've got a million dollars, but I don't feel like the money brings me the happiness. I think the happiness is like what my purpose is and what I do day to day. And like, do I have control of my time? Yes. That brings me more happiness than having this money. Cause at the end of the day, it could all go away. You know, like one day girls that invest might not exist. One day people might decide they don't enjoy it. One day my house might, you know, burn down. I don't think that's going to happen. I do have insurance, but like I never look at these things like permanent. I think it comes from my mom because she's very religious and I'm not whatsoever, but she kind of has this belief that you don't actually own anything. When you pass away, nothing goes with you. So it's all kind of made up. Facts, auntie. I agree. I think it relates back to your why as well in terms of why you started Girls That Invest and why you started your personal finance journey around you're wanting more choices and you've got that security and financial independence for yourself. Would you say that's the case? Yeah, like I think for me, my greatest happiness just comes from the fact that I do have control of my time. Like I, I always used to worry, like if I have children one day, the thing is I'm not really planning to, but if I had kids one day or if my little brother needed me to drop him somewhere or if my mum got sick, that I could be like, yep, it's easy for me to take day off. I have the flexibility, my work. And I think it was like someone, I can't remember who said it, but they were like the best part of being an entrepreneur is not the money. It's being able to take a day off to spend with my son. But this is all like hindsight, like asked me the, these questions a year ago, I'd have been like, yeah, I really want to save up. It's such a big milestone. It's going to mean so much to me. And money is important. It absolutely is. It would be stupid to be like, I don't care because I do care. I just feel, I don't feel happy. I just feel at peace. I feel at peace knowing that if anything happened to my family, I could jump in. If anything happened to me, you know, healthcare wise, I could jump in. Like, I saw this article today by this woman who couldn't afford her cancer treatments because they're not funded in New Zealand and they aren't funded in Australia and they're like $100,000 a year or something ridiculous. And that kind of stuff just makes me so sad and makes me wish that like money was never a barrier for things like healthcare and things like education. So that brings me peace of mind for me and my family but it's just really sad and I wish it wasn't the case for everyone. Going back to what you said before in terms of paying yourself every week has that changed or has that remained the same? No so it's still a thousand dollars a week about half of it goes into my mortgage and then there's utilities and bills and like my phone and stuff so I really don't like spend much on myself I think for me my mindset or my view is that this is possibly not something that I will always be getting. Like, I don't want to assume that because I made a million dollars in revenue this year in all my businesses, that that's going to continue to happen year after year. So I think I'm just acting as if it isn't mine and acting as if I'm still just, you know, trying to save up for something and going from there. 
and I, I realize I don't actually need a lot. Like I don't need to go out and buy expensive things except for like that one bracelet that I bought. Well, I actually wanted to bring that up because I think you were very transparent in terms of your reasoning why you didn't get it as soon as you saw it. It was the most intense back and forth. Do you want to give us a little bit of insight on your inner turmoil on getting this bracelet? I want to start off by saying that Sonia gave me feedback at the end of this trip and she was like, I just didn't realize how indecisive you were and I think that was attributed to the the bracelet incident so let me give you some some background so I have a vision board and my vision board includes just like different things like wanting to be able to work from home you know wanting to visit certain places there's like a certain car that I'd I'd love to have down the track that was one of the materialistic things like a certain car I either want like a g-wagon or a tesla s like the the, the electric cars but I don't really know how I feel about Teslas anymore so maybe it's just going to be an obnoxious g-wagon when I'm like 40 years old and then the other materialistic thing was a bracelet and this particular company it's called Van Cleef's and Arpels and it's just so ridiculously expensive like to me I would never imagine someone spending like how much money it would have been so it was on my like list of like if I can afford something like this, like that to me is like, I've made it. I'm comfortable. Anyway, we get to Rodeo Drive. I was never planning to buy anything there. I, at this point, I had not bought anything on the trip for myself. Like I'm not really a shopper as Sonia probably like realized, like I would go into like Zara and stuff with her, but I wasn't really, oh no, I, I did buy like one tank top for seven bucks. So I take that back. There was one thing I bought, but you know, it wasn't a trip for shopping for me. It was like a work trip. We were going to go to do my TEDx talk and that was it. And we would be out. So we're here, I see this company like in the flesh. It's not even in New Zealand. It didn't even have like the prices on the New Zealand website. So I had no idea how much it was going to be worth. And we went in and they let us in somehow, like they had like someone at the door we were in jeans and <laughs> just like a jumper and some reason they were like sure come in maybe it was because you had a fitbit on like i don't know maybe they like saw some level of like they can afford this. <laughs> yeah they're really looking at my fitbit on rodeo drive and sweetie so we go in and i see the bracelet and it was four thousand us dollars which is a lot of money for a bracelet but i thought that was going to be like thirteen thousand. so i was seeing a bargain in some messed up way but I like thanked him, took his card and left. And I was like, I don't know, Sonia, like that's a lot of freaking money. And we went out and like got some coffee and started talking, taking some photos. And I was just like back and forth. We were making a pros and cons list verbally outside Armani men. We literally got into a little bit of a fight. Sonia like literally stormed off towards the store and was like sim we're just gonna go do it we're gonna buy it and i was like i don't know i feel pressured and i sat down and she's walking off thought i thought about it it is a ridiculous amount of money i kept referring it back to the fact that it was worth more than my first car it was worth more than that suzuki swift that i you know saved up for and one of my friends was like you gotta let go of comparing everything to your suzuki swift like you gotta stop doing that um, <laughs> and I was like no I can't like it's my level of measuring like I, I couldn't do it at the time I was like this is someone's salary for a month that's messed up 
I'm not spending that much. After the TED talk and after everything happened and it was really successful and I finally like calmed down, I was like, you know what? It's it's not financially what's stopping me. It's my values. And do my values align? They didn't at that time. I didn't buy it. Now I feel like it would be a great lifelong gift for memory's sake for the fact that I literally got flown out to the US to do a TED talk. I didn't pay for flights or accommodation. Like I can technically justify that I would have in, in some kind of way I was like I'll get it and yeah it was a mad last minute dash we drove like 40 minutes each way in peak hour traffic waited in line again it wasn't even an enjoyable <laughs> purchase I was just like in out buy it let's go okay back we go and then we flew back home as soon as you were like I don't know if this is a values aligned purchase I shut up we'll think about it we'll do all these other things and then we'll come back would you say any aspect of your money mindset has changed has any aspect of my money mindset changed I would say overall it's still very much the same and I still kind of view it as like I'm more on the cautionary side I don't spend if I don't have to and I try to like like the other day I went out to like grab lunch and I felt guilty for buying lunch and even though I was thirsty I was like I'm not going to pay like six bucks for a coke and so I still have this like slight reservation towards myself and like I had a $50 gift card so I was like okay you know what I can finally go and like update my foundation that I have been using the same one for the last five years but I would say it hasn't changed and again I don't really view it as like endless sources of money and I'm a millionaire like I'll always be a millionaire I still see it as like I've just started this journey and I don't know what the future holds and so I don't want to act like everything's going to always be here for me to have access to. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Another thing I've like just really noticed is I've seen people, you know, you reach just to say you're a millionaire, you start to maybe feel like I should drive a better car than a Mazda. I should wear nicer clothes than what I have. I should update to like more bougier you know, like I went to Mecca and I looked at like the touch and moisturizer and I was like, should I like buy that? And then I was like, no, like your normal Nivea moisturizer is fine. Like stick with it. It's working for you. Why do you feel like you need to have certain brands now associated with you just because you've gotten to a certain point in your life? And I think that's where it gets tricky, where people start to live up to a certain lifestyle, drive nicer cars, have nicer things. And they're not focusing on like maintaining the actual way that they're getting that money. And so, 
you know, when you're in a job like mine where you're self-employed, it's not like I've got an employer who's always going to pay me enough to live this lifestyle. So I don't want to act like it's a given or mm-hmm. like it's always going to be around. Do you think there's any anything detrimental potentially with that mindset? Like if you're saying to me that you didn't want to buy a drink when you're parched, sis. I mean, I wasn't like dying. Like it wasn't like she would be dehydrated and like fall asleep on the wheel. Like to have, it's kind of like a scarcity mindset of like, I've only got this much and I could never find a way to like, you know, keep up with it or do more. So it is something I'm working on, if that's the answer you're looking for definitely understand where you're coming from i think as a friend sometimes i'm like you deserve to treat yourself and to make money decisions with peace and with ease so sometimes just seeing that distress isn't fun and fresh but i get where you're coming from and i think you are you know working on it how are you working on it though or is it just something that you're conscious of it's just something i'm conscious of and like i'm trying to make certain changes like i have wanted to like just little things like my hair oil has run out for like four months and I haven't updated it because I'm like oh it's like 24 bucks like I really don't want to go out and spend it it's just hair oil and then I was like what am I doing like Mm. what am I doing just go and buy the bloody hair oil get the you know mascara that you need that you've run out of get the foundation that you've been waiting on like these aren't even like crazy wants they're almost like somewhat normal things to groom yourself and take care of yourself so things like that but I do want to kind of talk about the way I kind of see it is to get to where I got to so quickly required these kind of thoughts and skill sets to begin with Mm -hmm. like I think if I was so okay with splurging and treating myself I just don't know if I could have achieved what I did so quickly so part of me is like well if I change then does that mean my ability to, you know, keep growing as a person financially changes as well? For example, the fact that like majority of my net worth is in the business. If I was pulling that money out and living more lavishly, spending it on myself, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been a millionaire. Maybe I would have been a someone with half a million net worth if I had ended up, you know, pulling that money out, paying taxes on it even more than like the amount you'd pay it in as, as a business and then just living a very crazy life I, I'd say but I think I'm growing like I've agreed to go on a Europe trip with my friend when she said can you come I was like it's not the time like I can take time off work it's just two and a half weeks it's the money like how much you plan to spend and she's a student so I was like it's going to be a cheap trip I can do that we decided it's going to be like you know roughly five thousand dollars and I was like okay I can commit to that but I was just in so much turmoil about the cost of it and I was like she's literally a student and you are by definition a millionaire like what is going on I'm so excited for you to go to Europe when you message me guys she's not going with me by the way I think we've spent too much time together and now she doesn't want to do anything with me that's fine but um I was so excited when you messaged me that's not what happened <laughs> she asked me to come that's with exactly her and it was happened. a split second decision and you yeah, are planning whatever. to do some other traveling around the same time. No, anyways, moving forwards. I was so excited when you <laughs> messaged me saying that you were going to trip to Europe because I think this is going to be your opportunity to 
like travel, have a little bit of a holiday and get to see new places and just revitalize yourself because the trip to America, you're right, it was a work trip. So, and the trip you made to Melbourne was also a work trip. So, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm pretty nervous, I'll be honest. I like haven't done any prep. I can help you. I am someone that has backpacked throughout Europe. You know, and she's still not taking me. Anywho, what would you say your biggest lesson was? My biggest lesson? I, so sitting, I'm in Queenstown. I'm on a three-week holiday, working holiday, writing a book. I am on this beautiful waterfront property, like literally me and then the lake right next to it. And I'm having the time of my life, right? I should be, but I'm not. I burnt out so quickly I was crying every single day and Mm. it was a really really rough period of my life and I got into like a really dark place and it just was burnout like I never understood what burnout was everyone was like burnout burnout watch out for burnout and I was like I just thought burning out was like getting overwhelmed and I was like, well, I'm always overwhelmed. Like, I'm fine. It's not the end of the world. And Sonia has been harping about it for years and I've just been like, cool, thanks. Like, just another corporate lingo, like, just another like, we care about you, do some yoga. And I was just like, thanks, but like, I'm fine. And then I didn't actually realize that burning out is almost like, to me, a form of depression. Like, you don't want to wake up you don't have any energy I'm much very much a creative nothing was being creative couldn't get words in my book couldn't do emails like I'd get one email and I'd start crying and I'd be like I can't do it and that was just a pivotal moment and I had to next day wake up email like 50 people and pull out of I had just take I was such a yes man like I took up Mm -hmm. every single opportunity and I think that works for a while because I don't think I could have grown this brand if I was picky and selective I did you know I worked so much for free I did so many webinars for free so many speaking events articles jumping on other people's podcasts like you know rushing over driving to different places last minute and it was all for free and I was like I just need to make a name for this brand and like show that like I'm that reliable person that you can always call up and I'll be on the news for you I'll jump on a radio show for you like tell me 10 minutes before you can ask me any questions and that just wasn't going to work long term and what have you learned from that experience have you been doing anything differently I guess slowly like I've just this is such a sad episode um yeah I guess slowly like I've just been like trying to balance that because I still believe that I guess it's like the hustle culture mindset in me like the girl boss mindset in me that I'm trying to unlearn but part of me and like I'm on my own journey right like I don't feel like other people have to feel this way but to me I struggle with that balance of like yeah self-care is important resting is important but if that's all I do how am I going to get ahead and like be better than who I was yesterday. The effects of burnout, it lasts for ages. You can't just do a self-care day and then on Monday you get an email and then you're right back to that place again, right? It's going to take a long time to unwind the effects of that burnout. And I think the thing that I've noticed is that one, you are conscious about it, but two, my gosh, your scheduling has gone so much better. You're logging off. You're making more biggest restrictions around like the weekend. You have nice trips planned. Like I am really proud of you 
And I don't know if you can see all the progress that you've made in, I guess, putting yourself first now, or, you know, you're getting to a point where you can put yourself first a little bit more than the past. For me as a friend, being there with you, I think you've made a tremendous amount of progress and it's really nice to see you say no to things and putting your boundaries up but again I think it's going to be an ongoing learning process (laughs) yeah I think like the turning point for me was when I realized like if I don't sort myself out I'm going to become like a burnout case study like I'm actually going to be like people are going to be like did you remember that girl's invest girl like look at her now she has lost the plot and I just didn't want that to happen because I feel like my burnout was becoming so public and initially I would like laugh along when we would get like comments and like people replying to our stories being like don't forget to rest them like don't forget to celebrate this and I was like oh haha that's so sweet and then I was like wait like if people that I have never met before can pick up on the fact that I am overextending myself through social media like that's embarrassing like I need to I was obviously ignoring what you were saying, that you were saying the same thing at the same time. But I was like, yeah, that's just Sonia. Like that's self-care queen 101 speaking to me. Like I'll just nod my head and keep burning myself out. I do want to like preface all this conversation with just the fact that I am very hyper aware of like how eye-rollingly annoying this sounds because I felt that way like when someone is like oh I made all this money and now I realize money isn't everything it's just like oh my god shut the heck up and I do feel like myself saying the same kind of things and being like oh now that I reached this goal I didn't even it's not it wasn't even that like important it was so anticlimactic like I much prefer like my free time over money and that's like well yeah now you've got a million dollars obviously you can say that But yeah, it's just interesting. I never thought I would be that person that was like, rest is important too. And I just feel like I'm starting to to change and it's weird. I think it's like if someone was like listening in and they're like, okay, I want to also become a millionaire. How do I do it? Like my advice to you would be find something, not just what you're passionate at, but something that you feel like you can make a difference in the world with. And when you've got, an idea like that you're gonna strive more work a little bit harder you might put in some weekend work because you're working towards a purpose and you're working towards something that you believe can actually better the lives of other people whether that be like if you're in fashion like you know you can still better the lives of people through fashion if you're working in art and film and you know products and services if you're a coach if you know there's all these things that if you feel like you align yourself with a purpose and helping people and that is your memo and that's what you're going for, I would say that plus a little bit of toxic hard work, at least in my experience, gets you those results pretty quickly. Okay, to wrap things up, can you give us some insight to what the future is looking like for you? That is a good question. I think at this stage probably not property I don't know how I feel about having more property I don't know if that's something that aligns with me yet I because I've got one home I'm I think I might be okay with like one more I don't know I just don't know where I stand with it like with this housing crisis so that's that's that we've got our book coming out um which I am very excited about I just want to keep doing this like I, I had this interview with this guy from like a bank the other day and he was like what is your five-year plan and I was like 
how does this relate to what we're talking about but anyway um i was like i just want to keep doing this like just growing you know these businesses but in particular just having more people hear about girls that invest so that there's more people investing and there's more women and minorities feeling like this is a space for them because i just feel like that's my mission like that's what i'm here for and i don't feel like i need to I don't know, expand and come up with these crazy big ideas. I just feel like doing this and doing it well and helping people feel like they can invest because they see us invest and talk about it is really just what I'm after. Is I feel like that's such a silly thing to say. Like, I don't want to change. This works for me. No, I think it's not silly at all. I think it just goes to show how passionate you are and how aligned you are with your core values when it comes to girls that invest for us, that's what keeps a business sustainable, to have a powerful why and to wake up every day and feeling purposeful, mm. you know? Thank you for being so honest and transparent about your journey and not being afraid to share the, I guess, not so nice things that happen because I think with social media, definitely tricks people into thinking that everything is perfect and always from the outside looking in everything seems to be perfect so I always appreciate when people are super vulnerable and transparent about their journey and you've had some great learns to wrap things up as always you can find us on pretty much any social media platform under girls that invest um, make sure you join our Facebook group we've been pretty consistent on having weekly discussions relating to the episode that's just been released and it is awesome to see don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and to finish off here's our disclaimer disclaimer girls that invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs we are not financial advisors the advice from girls that invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision advice from girls that invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances always do your research and please use your due diligence Alrighty, see you next week team bye